630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Nurse, beautiful move to the net. Great shot, score! And Anderson completes a dramatic comeback. Cassie left it for McDavid. Drives the net. What a shot! Top right corner, unbelievable. Two flyers draped all over him. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Just one NHL playoff game tonight starts in a few minutes with the Blues taking on the Stars. The Toronto Raptors in game two of their second round series against Philadelphia. Three and a half minutes into that one, the Raptors with an early 4-2 lead. The Western Hockey League final will start on Friday. Vancouver going up against Prince Albert. The Edmonton Oil Kings felled in six by the Prince Albert Raiders losing yesterday at Rogers Place. We'll put the cap on their season a little bit later on. The St. Albert Slash, who we were updating last week on the show, do indeed win their third consecutive SO Cup. That's the female midget AAA national championship. We'll have a player and a coach on the show a little bit later on. Bakersfield Condors, that's the Oilers farm team. They will start their second round series on Friday against the San Diego Gulls. That is a best of seven after Bakersfield won their first round series, a best of five, three games to one over Colorado. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hope you had a great weekend. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Ched. You can text 630-630. Our open line number is 780-496-0063. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D, Wilkins like Dominique, who we did have on the show a couple of years ago. That was fun. And uh, you can email if you still use that antiquated form of communication inside sports at 630ched.com. Well, quite a weekend, a lot of hockey to break down. We'll uh, we'll get to some of those storylines. There was uh, the big movie weekend with Avengers Endgame. There was the big Game of Thrones episode last night. We uh, may discuss that as we go along. I will not give out uh, any spoilers for those of you who are interested, those of you who might have recorded it on your VHS. This will be a spoiler-free zone for sure. But Oilers defenseman Darnell Nurse will represent Canada at the World Hockey Championships in Slovakia. That tournament starts on May 10th. Darnell will be leaving on Thursday to get ready and pleased to welcome Darnell back to Inside Sports. Darnell, how are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on the show again and congratulations on getting the call here to play for Team Canada at the upcoming World Hockey Championships. Uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, getting asked to go over there and the decision to go. I know it's not necessarily an automatic for some guys depending on their life situations and their health situations but uh take us through the decision for you yeah no i i, I got to, uh, you know the offer just um i think there was a couple games left in the season once we knew we were out of the playoffs and, um i mean for me it's uh it's hard to say no to uh, the opportunity where you know uh the canadian crest and uh really looking forward to it it was uh it was an experience last year that uh it was a lot of fun to be a part of but obviously uh didn't didn't get the result that we really wanted but at the same time uh like i said it was a lot of a lot of fun to be a player to be a part of it and uh you know when they called this year i was uh yeah yeah you think about it for a bit but i was definitely uh, excited to have the opportunity and excited to go 
Tell me a little bit, and obviously you went through this last year and you've been on some other international teams for short tournaments. How do you find it trying to gel as a team and, and get all on the same page in a pretty short time frame? And I guess with some of these guys too, you, you would have had them as rivals for, for a lot of the season and now you have them as teammates. So uh, what do you go through to, to get the team building up and running? Yeah, Hockey Canada, they, they figured it out so well. Um, obviously, you know, the, the tournament doesn't start till the 9th, but we have the opportunity to, you know, spend some time together before and, uh, you know, between dinners and, and practice and whatnot. It's, uh, it's one, of those, one of those experiences where, you know, you spend a lot of time together in a really short period of time, but you uh, definitely get a lot of connections and uh, a lot of friendships, you know, right off, the, right off the go. And I know for a lot of guys, you know, you, you play with, uh, you know, play with guys guys uh, at some point in your career, you know, I played with Matt Murray and, uh, and Sue St. Marie and Shea Theodore was uh, a teammate of mine and, and, and Rhino, uh, Sam Reinhardt on, on the World Junior team. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely connections and friendships and whatnot that you have there already. But uh, like I said, they, the, the Team Canada, the staff and whatnot, they do such a great job of, um, you know, get, getting us together and, you know, uh, you know sharing, uh, sharing the experience, especially in the first uh, week to, to try to get some team camaraderie. For you playing on the uh, on the different size ice surface, obviously the international ice surface is uh, is wider than what you play on the NHL. Is that uh, is that different for you? Do you have to prepare to, to do anything a little differently, or tell us what's it like once you're actually out there? Yeah, there's obviously some some differences to it. You know, you you, uh, you don't want to get lost out there. That's a big thing. Uh, it's easy to to drag yourself out of position, but uh, big thing with playing uh, on the big ice is you want to be good uh, positionally at all times. So it's uh, it's a good fun challenge to to be a part of. You're going in obviously against uh, some traditional rivals of uh, of Canada. You're going to be playing the United States. Uh, the Finns are in your pool, Slovakia, and then you see uh, Denmark and France, and I believe uh, Great Britain is in your pool, which is a which is a bit of a new one. I, I mean, seeing all these international teams, you know, for sure Canada is going to be favored against some of those countries. But uh, you know, when I watch the worlds, I, I, I'm always struck by man, there are a lot of good players in countries nowadays where, where, where you don't. Expected. Maybe they don't have the depth of the Canada or the United States, but I've always found there's a, there's a lot of skill around the world now, and sometimes in places you don't expect. No, absolutely. Uh, I think you know it's it's big. Uh, you know, it's a big tournament, especially over in Europe. I think uh, you don't really get a, a real feel for how how big of a tournament it is uh, until you get over there, and uh, you know you see the passion of, of the fans and the support, uh, and, and then how far some people travel to get to these tournaments, no matter where they are. Um, it, it's uh, it's a tournament that always has a huge huge support and a lot of a lot of buzz over in Europe. At the same time, like you said, there's you know every team's got. Uh, every country seems to have great players nowadays. I mean, I remember growing up and, you know, you watch these events and, you know, Germany wasn't like a, a huge powerhouse and, and now you see, you know, Leon is, is, a, is a guy that's a difference maker every night and they have guys, you know, Cahoon that played on uh, on Chicago, like they, they have a dynamic team. So you look around and there's all these different uh, all these different teams that uh, have, have players that are really good, especially at the NHL level. Darnell Nurse joining us on Inside Sports. He'll play for Canada at the World 
World Hockey Championship. Darnell, April's a busy month sports-wise. You have the NHL playoffs get underway. The NBA playoffs are rolling. Uh, you know, it always has uh, the Masters, and that story was even bigger with the, with Tiger winning a couple of weeks ago. Uh, look, I, I know you wish you were playing at this time, but uh, as a spectator, as a sports fan, is there anything that uh, has really caught your interest and maybe you're paying attention to when you have some free time? Yeah, you know, I watch uh, a few of the, the hockey games here and there. Not not really following around, uh, following too closely, but uh, you know, just because you, you gotta get the FOMO and uh, you hate uh, you hate missing out on it. But uh, I, I'm a huge uh, basketball fan and Raptors fan, so been watching uh, almost almost every one of the Raptors games. <clears throat> Got uh, you know, had some family over yesterday, so we're watching Golden State games. So yeah, I love watching the NBA playoffs. I find uh, you know this time of year. If you're you're not uh, if you're not playing that that's the most fun thing for me to watch how, how do you think the the Raptors are positioned here obviously a great regular season they're taking on Philly who've come a long way in the last couple of years uh, Milwaukee's got the got a young star player Giannis who uh, who got them up to the number one seed obviously Lowry and, and Leonard have been two of the Raptors big guns throughout the season how well do you think they uh, they are positioned here to face some of the challenges in the east I think that you know, I think they have a real good, real good shot. For me, I think you know, you look at obviously, you know, having a superstar in Kawhi. That's uh, you know, it's probably something you know they had uh, the, the kind of one-two punch with Lowry and DeRozan. But I think you know, when uh, when Kawhi came here, it kind of took their team to, to a whole another level. And um, you know, you see Danny Green; he's a great leader on that team. And there's uh, you know, I I, I watched the team; they got one of the, one of the best benches in, in the NBA. So yeah, I think they're positioned really well, and it's really fun. To you know, to be able to, to see them succeed, and uh, hopefully they can go deep and uh, you know uh, put on a put on a show for everyone in Canada. Darnell, last time we saw you was uh, the day after the regular season finale against uh, Calgary, and one of the big storylines coming out of that was obviously Connor McDavid's injury after crashing into the goalpost in Calgary. You know, he looked he looked pretty good on Sunday, and then a few days after that, the team said he's going to need some rehab, but he'll be okay. Just as a teammate and a friend of Connor, uh, maybe just take us through uh, how you were supporting him and, and keeping an eye on on the news he was getting uh, about his his knee problem after crashing into the post yeah obviously um you know you, you see you see your top player go down and, and get injured uh you know that sucks anytime but obviously we're really close so uh you really, you really never want to see it and uh you know for me it's you know you always try try and keep tabs on them and like you said you, you know he's gonna have uh have to do some rehab but you know knowing him and how uh you know how committed he is to you know everything in his in his day to day schedule and whatnot. Uh, you know the way the way he prepares, takes care of his body. Um, that's that's one guy that uh, you know he, he always comes out stronger no matter what uh, no what no matter what he has to go through. Always uncertainty in in an off season for for NHL franchises. Every every team wants to do something a little differently. Uh, bigger stories maybe for the Oilers this season. Uh, new GM and then there'll be a new coach after that. As a player, do you or, or you know are, are you checking daily for headlines or updates, or do you do you kind of just uh, accept that it's out of your hands and you'll meet the new guys when they when they have the jobs? I'm I'm just wondering, you know, as a player, um, how you sort of uh, are, pay attention or don't. Don't pay attention to the news cycle and the rumors. Yeah, 
know, you can definitely pay attention to, uh, you know, the, the new cycle and whatnot. Um, you definitely don't pay attention to the rumors because 99.9% uh, .9 of the time people are wrong. Uh, you know, there's some people that are right most of the time. But, uh, you, know, uh, you know, for, for us as players, I mean, there's uh, obviously there'll be a GM and uh, a coach that is, uh, you know, chosen to, to um, you know, run our team and, and, and be the leaders basically, uh, you know, from, from up top. But, you know, for, for us as, as players, as a group, uh, I think it's, you know, especially as, as the summer rolls on, just checking in on each other and you know, preparing for the season. Uh, because, you know, no matter what, uh, no matter what uh, you know, the X's and O's and, and uh, whatnot that come into, come into play, it, a lot of it comes down to us on the ice and being able to execute it and, um, you know, make, uh, make a system, make a team work. So uh, that's that's the biggest focus I think for each and each and every one of us on the team is to to be ready uh, for when that puck when that puck drops uh, to, to perform on the ice. All right. Well, Darnell, it's great to catch up with you again. Congratulations on going to Worlds. Uh, go Canada there for sure, and I'm sure we'll talk again at some point. All the best. Thanks, Reed. That is Edmonton Oilers defenseman Darnell Nurse. He will represent Canada World Hockey Championships. Those are in Slovakia, May 10th to 26th. The dates for that this season. The only uh, Edmonton Oiler on the team. He mentioned Sam Reinhardt on the club. John Tavares going to play Mark Stone after uh, joining Vegas late in the season. And your goaltenders, Mackenzie Blackwood, Matt Murray, and Carter Hart, the young man from Sherwood Park, who uh, debuted and did a pretty good job with the Philadelphia Flyers this season. one nothing, St. Louis leading Dallas five minutes into the game. An early goal by Jaden Schwartz. He strikes again, now up to six goals in the postseason. We'll keep you updated on that one. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Man, with that snow over the weekend, I, I thought I was going to have to go get my Tauntaun off the farm so I could get to work. I think he's going to be okay, though. I don't, think, I don't think I'll need him. And I thought they smelled bad on the outside, Kellen. That's my that, best tauntaun. That's your tauntaun noise? No, that's actually more a Wookiee noise. Yeah, it's kind of similar to Chewbacca. I don't yeah. remember. I think, didn't the tauntauns go more like, or something like that? Maybe. I don't know. I have to very, watch the trilogy again. Very rugged animals. That's in that's in the fall and winter when the new Star Wars comes out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's around Christmas time. Right. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. This is not Tauntaun Talk. It is Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Mentioned one nothing, St. Louis leading Dallas. Early goal by Jaden Schwartz, who's having a heck of a playoff. Uh, it was interesting earlier today, uh, Rod Peterson, who's the former play-by-play -play voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, he's uh, stepped away from that job. He's been replaced by Derek Taylor, who we, we had on the show a few weeks ago when he was hired. Uh, Rod Peterson in Regina put out there that Ken Holland will be the next general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, which immediately led to a lot of uh, rebuttals to that and a lot of uh, outright comments that that is not going to be the case. We are, we're still in a, a bit of a waiting game here for the Oilers. It looks like the list is being pared down with uh, Mark Hunter 
from the London Knights and, and formerly of the Toronto Maple Leafs front office being a candidate. Kelly McCrimmon is uh, in the mix and, and maybe a third candidate, possibly someone like Sean Burke there right now. Uh, you know, could something happen this week? Uh, maybe. It, it seemed like he was heading in that direction uh, maybe about a week ago. I, I don't know if we'll get someone this week or not. John Shannon with Sportsnet was uh, talking to Bob Stoffer earlier today on Oilers Now about the status of the team's search for a general manager. The key thing in all of this is timeline. There are a ton of timelines involved. First of all, um, you know, Vegas wasn't eliminated from the playoffs till last Tuesday. Uh, the Vegas organization is not very happy with the National Hockey League and everybody in it at this point based on that uh, Cody Eakin call in Game 7. Uh, I would suggest that uh, their level of cooperation at this point uh, might be a little less than uh, anticipated, but it's just going to take some time to heal that wound, so I, I think we have to be patient there. The timeline of everybody being at the under-18s that just ended in Sweden, uh, and, and quite frankly, it's not a timeline for you, it's not a timeline for me, or a timeline for the fans, it's a timeline to get it right, and I think that's what, that's what Bob Nicholson's trying to do right now, is get as much information and talk to as many people as he could, uh, and then whittle it down to uh, that short list and then go from there and, and, and get it right rather than rush through it. So, again, it's not a timeline for you or me. It's a timeline to get it right. All right, a little bit from John Shannon. A lot of, lot of rumors, a lot of speculation. What did Darnell Nurse say in his interview? He doesn't pay attention to a lot of the rumors because 99.9% of them turn out to be incorrect which I think is a pretty good way to live your life in relation to rumors. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, about the GM search when we get back. I got a really interesting, uh, I was joking today that the email is an antiquated form of communication, but I, I did get a pretty uh, lengthy and thoughtful email today about the NHL playoffs and the, and the uh, well, not pointlessness of the regular season, but this uh, listener going down that path a little bit after seeing so many upsets in the first round and maybe more in the second round. And we'll check in with Gary Galley from Sportsnet. He's always great to have on the show about the surprising Carolina Hurricanes, two wins away from advancing to the East Final. All coming up in the next half hour on Inside Sports. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Schwartz will dump it down into the corner. O'Reilly to the near point. Pareko, one-timer. They score! Jaden Schwartz deflected the puck in front on a one-timer from Colton Pareko, who has points in three straight games. And the Blues draw first blood in Dallas. One minute, 27 seconds in. Jaden Schwartz picks up his sixth goal of the playoffs. And that remains the only goal of the game to this point. 6.49 left in the first period. St. Louis up 1-0 on the Stars. Colton Pareko, who we had on Inside Sports last week, hitting the score sheet once again. That is the only game in the NHL tonight. Tomorrow, it'll be Boston at Columbus. That series tied 1-1. San Jose at Colorado. That series is tied 1-1. Early in the second quarter in Toronto, and it is the 76ers leading the Raptors 28-17. 
as the Raptors have a one nothing lead in that best-of-seven series. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chet, uh, it sounds like there were some productive CBA talks today between the CFL Players Association and the league, so that's good news. Training camp set to open on May 19th as we roll into a season which for the Eskimos will come with a, a lot of new faces in key positions, new defensive coordinator, new uh, linebacking core, especially middle linebacker uh, Larry Dean, obviously new quarterback Trevor Harris, uh, a new uh, receiver who should be the number one or two guy, Craig Ellingson. They got Devaris Daniels from the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah, a lot of new guys for the Eskimos should be very competitive in the West Division. You can always text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. Got a text here from Ashley. I uh, was talking a little bit about the Oilers general manager position before we went to break. Ashley says there's not a single slam dunk for Oilers general manager. Every candidate has either a black mark or a lack of experience. Ken Holland clearly has the best resume but he's too close to the end of his career for my liking. That is Ashley texting 630-630. Yeah, I mean, what did, what did Ken Holland used to say when he had Nick Lidstrom on the team? He said when uh, Nick Lidstrom retires, I'll retire. Uh, he obviously didn't do that, stuck around several years after Lidstrom left, but, you know, uh, only half joking that you you look a lot better as a GM and as a coach when uh, your franchise can put a player like Nick Lidstrom on the ice for, for half of every game. So, uh, you know, we'll see where Detroit is going to head now with Steve Eiserman taking over as the general manager. Eiserman obviously did a very good job in Tampa Bay despite their first-round playoff ex- exit. They've been a strong team for several seasons, and uh, we'll see what he does in Detroit. Speaking of... Tampa Bay's first-round playoff exit. Well, and this this covers on a, a few other things as well. I got an email earlier today, inside sports at 630ched.com from Laszlo, and uh, he took some time to write this out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read the whole. Th- it's not it's not overly long, and, and his thoughts are pretty organized. So I'm gonna fire this out here from Laszlo, who says, "Hey, Reed, I watch a lot of hockey during the regular season, and now I find myself asking why." Why do I sweat it out for every Oilers game? Why do I stay up late on a Saturday to see the end of a game between Arizona and Los Angeles? Laszlo goes on to write, Tampa Bay had one of the best seasons ever, and so what? They lost four straight to a vastly inferior team, which got hot at the right time. So how will their fans remember this year? From greatness to disappointment, all in one week. Laszlo also says, the regular season is about, isn't about identifying the best teams. It's just about eliminating teams from having a shot at being Cinderella. There should be more advantages to the higher seeds in the first round of the playoffs, like getting five of seven games on home ice or only having to win three games instead of four. Otherwise, the NHL is going to lose me as a fan of the pointless regular season. I'll just start watching in the playoffs, and I won't even need to know how teams did in the regular season. That is uh, an email from Laszlo. Well, he makes some interesting points there. I I don't know how serious he is about some of the changes he, uh, or I don't even know if he's really making suggestions, but he's just throwing a couple of ideas out there for, uh, for the first round. How will Tampa Bay fans remember this season? I, I mean, this is going to be, this is one of those things, right? When you when you go back and, and look back on the Stanley Cup championship, the Stanley Cup list of Stanley Cup champions for any year, you know, memories fade after a while, and, and you may not remember how that team did in the regular season or how good or how much they struggled. That's, that's the team that got its name on the Cup, 
who won the President's Trophy. Well, you don't always, always remember that. Um, I mean, look, I'll, I'll say this to, to Laszlo, and he uh, he's right. That's a historic season for Tampa Bay. And in my mind, there is no doubt the Tampa Bay Lightning are, are the best team in the National Hockey League, but they didn't win the Stanley Cup. So... He, he, you know, there's getting into the tournament and then there's winning the tournament. And if you if you restarted the playoffs today or went back in time and played that series again, maybe Tampa Bay crushes Columbus and cruises to the Stanley Cup. And we're all sitting here saying, well, of course, they won 62 games in the regular season. It, I, you know, there's there's a lot of debate about the playoff format. Should they have these divisional, the current divisional structure where the top three in each division make it? And then two has to play three, so you have Boston and Toronto playing each other, uh, and then other teams might get, you know, quote unquote weaker matchups. Though I don't really know if there are any at, at this time of year. Um, I, I guess that's going to be debated when a lot of underdogs win. I just give credit to the underdog, and yeah, Columbus is Columbus is not a better hockey team than the Tampa Bay Lightning. But they brought it for that week, and, and they won it at the right time. And I, I, I think we just accept that in North America, in Canada. You know, this is not most you know soccer leagues in Europe. They play a double round robin, and whoever finishes in first wins the title. And then they have tournaments such as Champions League and, and things like that. But we don't do that in North America. We place a lot of emphasis on the playoffs. The NCAA tournament, every game is a single elimination. Every game. So you get invited, you got to crack at it. And last year, what was it, the number one Virginia lost to a 16 seed for the first times ever. There's no doubt who's a better team, but they but they didn't beat them on that day. Uh, what else did Laszlo write? This, this was interesting. He says there should be more advantages to higher seeds in the first round, like having five of seven games at home or only having to win three games instead of four. I don't know if a league would ever do I know that kind of gets thrown about every once in a while. Should you give the higher seed or maybe, maybe a division winner five games at home instead of seven? I don't know. Would have that helped Tampa Bay? Well, they, they lost their two home games in the series. So if it would have been two at home, two away, and then three at home, they still would have been swept. Uh, having to win three games, that, that's a pretty drastic one. If a, the league ever said, okay, it's a, it's a best of seven, but... It, it could never actually get to, I guess it would be like a best of six because either the lower seed would win four games to two or the higher seed would win three out of the six. I, I, don't, I don't know if fans would accept that. I think they do that in Japanese baseball, actually, uh, in the highest league in Japan. I, I think if you are a higher seed, you get the advantage of having to win fewer games to eliminate your opponent. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, just don't, I just don't know if there's a format in the NHL where everybody would say, okay, this is the most fair because there's always going to be some matchup that you could find and there's always going to be an upset. And if a team can pull off the upset, more credit to them. But I, I appreciate getting the uh, the email from Laszlo for sure. Some uh, guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Don't forget about their brunch, Northern Chicken style, buttermilk biscuits, sausage, gravy, and smashed potatoes. Sundays from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Visit northchickenyeg.com. Dallas has uh, just scored. Radulov smacking one to the top corner in front, so they pull even 1-1 with St. Louis that is late in the second period. Gary Galley from Sportsnet will check in when we get back. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. 
Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right. All right, minute left in the first period, 1-1 Dallas, St. Louis. We will keep you updated on that one tonight. Later on, we'll talk to a couple members of the St. Albert Slash for the third year in a row, female midget AAA champions at the ESO Cup. This year's tournament was in Sudbury. Pretty amazing story. Unfortunately, the Edmonton Oil Kings eliminated yesterday. Uh, You'll hear from them in the next half hour of the show. I went to Rogers Place for their year-end media availability. While I was uh, doing that, my producer, Dave Campbell, talked to Gary Galley from the NHL on Rogers. Well, it's round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't know if it can match round one, and maybe it, it shouldn't have to, but it was a wild first round, and we're into the second round. And covering the uh, Carolina Hurricanes in New York Islanders series is Gary Galley, analyst for the NHL on Sportsnet. Gary, thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, it's good to be on with you guys. Uh, yeah, the first round was... Uh, a bit on the crazy side. I don't think anyone could predict what's gone down there. But uh, the second round has kind of started with a bang as well. So, uh, you know, four wildcard teams in the mix. Four division leaders are gone pack. And so there's still, I think, a little more to be displayed here in the second round. Uh, and I guess if, uh, you know, when I ask this question, it's kind of weird to ask this because the NHL released a second chance bracket because everyone's bracket got, you know, got uh, annihilated in the first round. But, you know, a lot of people were critical of the playoff format saying, that, you know, it's just everyone loved the one versus eight uh, model. And and I think maybe is this a kind of a, 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 a plus one for this playoff format that you saw all these upsets or is it kind of hard to tell whether whether the playoff format is a good one or not? I don't know how you feel about the playoff format, but it, it does cause a lot of controversy. I'm, I, I obviously I, I would like to see teams finish in the standings and play teams that they deserve to play based upon their merit. Um, that when you go to divisional play and you're playing divisional teams, but yet teams are flipping over from division to division because they're wild cards, then divisional play goes out the window right there to me. It's right. not divisional play. You're mixing in wild card teams. Um, these upsets could have happened in a one through eight, two through seven, just as easily easily as they did right now in the in, in the wild card spots in the divisional play. So um, I'm a believer in it's not it's not a good system. I'd like to see them change it to the one versus eight. Yeah, you have to adjust. You have to adjust how how you play teams and how many times you play teams to make it uh, to make it equal and balanced. But I do believe that is the fairest way to do it. This way, right now, uh, like I said, you know, you got Columbus. Uh, uh, you know, and, and teams that are moving from division to division if they're in a wild card spot. And it just, it, it, I don't know. It's a bit wonky to me, but uh, the, the, it was exciting regardless. I think it would have been exciting no matter what. Yeah, no, no question. Let, let me ask you this as well, because a lot of people said, well, the Lightning didn't face a lot of adversity during the year, and they kind of had nothing to play for for a month, where you look at Columbus, and they went into the playoffs red hot, and they're continuing that into the even into the second round with that series with the Bruins tied at one. Then you look at the calendar year of 2019, and you got Carolina, you got the Islanders, you got uh, the Bruins, and you got the Blues that are all in the top five. The one team that isn't uh, around anymore is the Tampa Bay Lightning, who I think have the second most points in the calendar 2019 year. I know you played the game, you've played playoff games. Is is it is it easier to, to go into the playoffs red hot, or or can teams you know kind of ramp it up that, that are like Tampa Bay, that you know kind of didn't have much to play for down the stretch, but when round one comes, you know, teams can, can teams elevate? I really liken it. I liken it to the fact that when you look at a team that swept four straight of the Islanders 
And then you look at a team that went double overtime in Game 7. Who's been winning this series? The team that is in playoff mode, the team that's wired to go. Uh, the other teams had 9, 10 days off. It's a struggle to get to that level again. And then I look at what happened to Tampa. They're just ripping along, uh, winning games, doing great. Uh, but then they hit a team that is actually playing uh, playoff hockey already, and they have been playing uh, do-or-die hockey for a period of time. And then sometimes it's hard to match that when it all connects and the dots connect. And I think, uh, you know, they ran into some untimely injuries, a suspension, um, you know, and, and goaltending is such a big part of the playoffs. And you can be the best goalie in the league during the year, but if you falter in the playoffs, your team can exit quickly. There's so many variables that can happen to a team. And I, I just think that these division leaders that were sitting at the top and looking down um, just weren't ready for the barrage of stuff that came their way. And and it was just a, it's a lesson learned that you got to, <laughs> the playoffs, as everybody knows, is another gear. No, no doubt about it. Uh, we're joined by Gary Galley, analyst for the NHL on Sportsnet here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Okay, you're covering the New York Islanders Carolina Hurricane Series, and, and you've been covering the Islanders throughout the playoffs. Uh, I think some people, well, a lot of people were surprised that it was a four-game sweep over the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. But here they are. They're down 2 nothing, going back to Raleigh. Game 3 isn't until uh, Wednesday. Two very close games. Uh, one nothing loss in overtime, a 2-1 loss in Game 2 yesterday. Um, what? What? You, why do you think this is a 2-0 series lead for the Carolina Hurricanes? Well, you know what? I think uh, there's so many things that people look at why a team um, outplays another team and why they get ahead of a team. And there's all these different uh, guys say, well, goaltending. And then it's how a team plays defensively and how uh, are their top six going or their star players running. But when you when you seriously look at it in a nutshell, um, there's a category that people really don't uh, talk about much, and that's the bounce. Who gets the bounce? Who gets the play? Who gets the thing that happens at the right place at the right time, and it works out, and you mm-hmm. gain momentum, you gain confidence. And for me, the Carolina Hurricanes have gotten the bounces so far in the first two games. If you look at the number of quality scoring chances, grade A quality scoring chances in game one, the Islanders outgraded them 15 to nine. So, but and even though they had all those wonderful scoring chances, half of their 31 shots almost were Grade A quality chances. They didn't score a goal. And you know, it, it's just it's really hard that if you're getting all these chances and you're not scoring, and the only person that has scored on Carolina has been Slavin. <laughs> he tipped it into his own net. Right. So I mean, when you're when you're not getting the bounces and you see all these empty nets being missed and hitting posts and hitting crossbars and 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 guys making unbelievable plays to, to thwart a goal going in the net like Justin Williams did. Right now, the bounces are falling in Carolina's way, and although maybe they haven't outplayed the Islanders, and the series could easily be 2 nothing Islanders right now, uh, it's not. And that's what Barry Trotz has to get to his team and realize that it, it could be 2 nothing for us, but it's not. But that doesn't mean it can't change. And I guess that's what you say, right, is uh, what, what do we change? Well, the only thing that needs to change is, is the puck has to go in. Other than that, the Islanders probably have to stick to the same script. I think you're going to be careful that you don't want to change uh, too much because if you go ahead and try to change everything and it's really just the bounces that are hurting you right now. I mean, I look, look at, they've had close to 50 turnovers that's been documented in the first two event summary sheets that come out of every game. Now, some coaches will say, yeah, they say 50, but it's not. Okay, so it's 35 maybe. <laughs> that's still way too many. Right. Way too many. 
they are turning over the puck at a rapid clip right now, and it just it just it just it just kind of throws everything off. It gives Carolina opportunity, and 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 you cannot do that. They, they protected the puck, and their puck management was way better in the first series against Pittsburgh. This one here, you know, and the and the Hurricanes—they're one of those dogged teams that just dogs you. They like to possess the puck, and they have a very underrated defense core that's very tough to cross the blue line on. And uh, losing Van Riemsdyk is definitely going to hurt. Right, um, well. McElhenney, we'll, we'll we'll see how that works out. But so far in Game Two, seventeen to seventeen, you know it doesn't you know makes you know it makes you blink if you're the Islanders. I mean, well, what is going on here? But certainly, when you say this series could be dead even at one one, or Islanders could be up two nothing, it could be any way at this point, judging from what I've seen in the first two games. So, uh, if I'm Barry Trotz, I'm just reminding my team to stay the course, stay the course. The bounces will change, and when we get the momentum, when we get the bounces. We can turn this thing around, and how do I know that? Because we did it last year when I was coaching the Washington Capitals. So we can do it. We lost two at home. We went right into Columbus, and we won two there, and then ended up taking four straight and sending them packing. One more for you, Gary, and, and you mentioned about the, the identity of the Hurricanes being a very hardworking, uh, physical, grinded-out kind of game. That sounds a lot like their head coach, Rob Brindamore, and if you look at the, uh, the coaching matchup, Barry Trotz, Stanley Cup champion last year with the Capitals, Rob Brindamore, up-and-comer, young head coach, but... The Hurricanes, it does seem like they are taking the, uh, you know, taking cues for, and, and are kind of like the identity of their head coach who, who played the same way when, when he was an NHL player. Yeah, you know, Rob, Rob was a, you know, really, really good hockey player and a good teammate, uh, understands the way they're feeling. Him and Justin Williams played together. They won that cup. They're on the same page, and they understand that there's a way that this team uh, succeeds and how it plays. When you go back to January 1st, and you look at from January 1st to the end of the season, only one team had a better winning percentage than the Carolina Hurricanes, and that was the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had a 7-11 winning percentage. Mrazek was playing great. Their goaltending was good. Their defense core was I mean, they were really ripping it up. And it's hard to believe that people look at them as this underdog. I think this team has been rolling along for a long period of time. Now, extra seven games. You play the seven games against Washington. You knock off the Stanley Cup champions in double overtime. Now you've got to head into a series within, you know, within 36 hours. You get into that. Now you had to play an afternoon game right away. Like, they have dodged some significant bullets, and because of that, they just keep gaining confidence and confidence, and they almost feel like you can't dent the armor. So New York's going to have to do something special here coming into this storm surge. Uh, you know, now you're giving them two days rest. You know, you didn't beat them on the two days they were tired. Now you're going to beat them on two days rest. So in a very, very boisterous, loud building, and they know what that's like because they fed off it in the first round at the Nassau Coliseum. Well, lots of good storylines in this series. Lots of good storylines in the second round. Uh, Gary Galley, analyst for the NHL on Sportsnet, thank you very much for your time, and uh, enjoy the rest of the series. All right, thanks for having me. That is Gary Galley from the NHL on Rogers talking to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. They had to uh, put that in the can earlier today. Blues and Stars tied 1-1 after the first period. Shots 11-10 for Dallas. Schwartz, his sixth. Radulov, his fifth. The goal scorers in that game. Meanwhile, the Raptors not looking good tonight. 76ers leading the Raptors 45-28 in Game 2 with three minutes left in the first half. 
Is that the is that the curse of Drake? Is that what they're talking about? The curse of Drizzy. Does he go to all the games? Yeah. He goes to a lot of them. Yeah. I've seen there's also like a Philly 76ers fan that's like adorned in 76ers stuff and a huge 76ers banner just sitting courtside. The most obnoxiously dressed man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, in Philly, that's just normal. He yeah, just took it true. to Toronto. That's, uh, that's all right. Okay, we'll keep you updated on those games. Uh, a little bit on the Edmonton Oil Kings when we get back. Heck of a season for them. I know they didn't get as deep as they wanted, but pretty good year overall. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.